podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to In the Thicket. Yay, this is uh, an exciting episode. Mm -hmm. Um, which we'll get into in a minute about what the theme is and stuff like that. But first, uh, we'll just touch base with everybody. So how are you ladies doing? How are you doing, Nicole? What's your week been like? Good, good. (laughs) I, um, last night when I was going to bed, I was like, oh yeah, we're recording podcasts at 1030 tomorrow. I was like, should I set an alarm? And I was like, oh no, like (laughs) I never, never sleep in that late. It'll be totally fine. So anyways, I woke up at like a quarter to 10 and then I stayed in bed for 15 minutes. So that part's my fault. So anyways, <laughs> I ate breakfast about five minutes before recording. But anyways, here nice. we are. It's- <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, I kind of feel Just you. Just enough time for a cup of coffee. That's yeah. Right. right. That's- well, I got water anyways. So oh, that's- okay. Well, that's-, <laughs> that's, I did kind that of works the same too. thing. I stayed in bed until late this morning. And because I had one of those sleeps, you know, when you go to bed at night and you're like, yeah, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like laying there and you're just closing your eyes and you're like okay please Lord, just let me mm-hmm. fall asleep let me yeah. fall asleep and you're just not tired and your brain anyway. is like let me just solve all the problems that don't exist first. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly and lists and lists and lists yeah and here's the oh my gosh I know yeah so it wasn't even like my brain was really occupied with anything in particular it was just like we feel like playing right now <laughs> so yeah by the time I fell asleep then yeah, it was late. And so then I was like, well, okay, it's Saturday. Um, we're recording today. I don't have anything. So I can just like sleep in a little bit. I'll go pray after we're done this. And then I'll like have a nice leisurely day. And, um, and so then I made coffee so that I'm not, um, so that I am coherent, nice. slightly coherent. Anyways, <laughs> how are you, Rachel? I'm good. I feel like it's opposite day. Cause I'm the one who like care, like normally sleeps in well into the morning, like 10, 10 30. I woke up at like eight 30 today. I don't even know what's happening. It's so weird. <laughs> that is so weird for me on any day, honestly. That's Cause so weird. that's actually so. kind of funny because I'm going to like turn it over to sister to say how she is today. And yeah. I know that I, I know, was like, like wow, I got early eight 30. <laughs> I was up at three this morning. Yeah. Planting the corn it's in the true. field. I have a bit of, uh, yeah. I have a little bit of holy jealousy right now because <laughs> sleep-ins aren't as common on my experience, but I feel well-rested just thinking about how much you all slept in. <laughs> and, That's nice. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, it's giving, me, it's giving me energy right now, but unfortunately, no, I didn't sleep in this morning. Doesn't mean I didn't want to. I definitely <laughs> could have rolled over, but... No, uh, sleep-ins are for Sunday, for sure. Right. But, um, what, what counts yes, as I do, a I did rise time this morning. Wise. for you, sister? Yeah, like, what that's counts a good as- question. Most people laugh at that point. <laughs> so a typical morning for us as sisters would be a 5 a.m. bell. Mm. I know I'm feeling tired just thinking about it, but don't worry. <laughs> Jesus is waiting for you in the chapel and coffee not far away. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can appreciate it. Because when you really need coffee, it tastes amazing because right. you really need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but typically it's a 5 a.m. rise. But then on a Sunday, wait for it. Sunday, mm-hmm. 6 a.m. Wow. Oh, wow. Boy. Day change, right? <laughs> Day awesome. victory. Sleep in. Oh, man. That's right. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Um, okay. That so is. 
welcome to you though, Sister Mary Grace. It's such a gift. It's such a gift to have you here with us today. Um, And I mean, to be honest, I love accents of every kind. (laughs) So it, for me, automatically, it just like makes it better. Like (laughs) this is the only reason why we like you. (laughs) You know, that's right. It's why anyone listens to me these days. You see, I wasn't a fascinating thing when I was back home and then I come to North America and all of a sudden people want to listen to me. (laughs) Yeah. But it's different. My family, all I need is a phone call with my family. And I realize it's, it's yep. not about the accent at all, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's so well, good to be here as well. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, about you and about the sisters, just in case. Um, I mean, probably everybody will know who the sisters of life are, but just in case they don't, you can sure. tell us a little bit about them. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I'm Sister Mary Grace and I am a sister of life. And we began in the US, but we also came to Toronto, Canada, about 12 years ago today, this year, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, And we basically believe, uh, we're religious sisters that believe that every human life is good, beautiful, chosen, uh, and made in the image and likeness of God. And that uh, flourishes all the way into all of our missions. But you and I know that these basic truths are sometimes very easy to forget and hard Mm -hmm. to remember today. Uh, but it's beautiful. We've seen in our missions, and we have a wide range of missions from uh, serving women in crisis pregnancies to running retreat missions for women uh, to doing things like evangelization, speaking of God's truth like this podcast. And also we serve women who have experienced the suffering of abortion uh, to go through their own experience of abundant healing in, in the Lord Jesus. And we see time and time again that when we believe these truths in those places, um, we're capable of great things. So our mission is definitely about wanting everybody to remember and know how good we are and the goodness of God for each one of us. So it's beautiful to see that every day in our missions. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And what about like, how did you know that... How nope. they get I mean, yeah, without like going into like the whole podcast about your vocation story, but like what's like the cold notes version? Yes, definitely. Well, the very concise... At the end of the day, nugget is that basically I fell in love with the Lord and he invited me to, uh, to follow him in this way of life. Now, I did not grow up ever considering, dreaming, thinking about a religious in Sydney, Australia. I'd never even seen one until I turned about 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do distinctly remember the first time I met the Sisters of Life. I didn't talk to them. I didn't remember what they said. I don't remember any of their names. But what, I, what struck me at first was that these were women that were in love. Mm-hmm. And really living with purpose and meaning and everything about my little 18-year-old heart wanted that too. You know, at that point, I didn't know the Lord was calling me to himself this way, but I knew that I wanted to live for something more. And it was the first time I saw it was in um, beautiful display in, in the Sisters of Life. Uh, but I was safe at that point because I was like, you know what? They live in New York. They're going to get on a plane. They're going to go away. I'm going to forget about them and move on. Um, but that was really the beginning of a seed uh, really planted in my heart that I was just like, who are these women and really their witness of their lives um, allowed me to question who is Jesus and is he that for me, Uh, whether I'm studying, working. And the more I ask that question, who are you, Lord Jesus, the more my heart to follow him with with everything. Um, And that ended up leading me over here. So... That's Yay. so beautiful. Yeah, I so love it. So I mean, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure like both of these ladies and, and innumerable more ladies have found, like I found that it's so healing even to be in the presence of the sisters. Like the sisters oh, yeah. played a, a huge role in my own vocation story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like just because that kind of mm. love that is not afraid to go with you into like the 
deepest, darkest pits in yourself is so, yeah, yeah, it's just so healing, which is why Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we wanted to see if one of you would come on today for this particular topic. Um, So the topic today is on suffering and accompaniment, right? Mm -hmm. So looking at what it's mm-hmm. like, like, what does it mean to walk with somebody in their suffering? And how can we do that? What is that experience yeah. like? Um, how, what does that do in us? And then also even just some yes. practical things of like, what's good to do? What's not good to do? Um, what are some like healthy <clears throat> boundaries? Is that necessary? Like all of these things. So, yes. so with that, I'm going to pose the first question to you. Um, so in your experience, like, yeah, I mean, good. I I think what we've all kind of found in suffering is that it can be very isolating at times. Mm -hmm. So um, why do you think, why do you think that is like, why is it so isolating and what does it mean to walk with other Mm -hmm. people in that experience of isolation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've, you've nailed basically the most common fear that a woman in a crisis pregnancy will experience. And that Mm is I'm all alone. You know, and that's, that's terrifying. Let's be honest. Like we can all experience that in different ways in our life, you know, Uh, whether it's the solitary experience of our own suffering unique um, in its own form, or it can be the, the sub of feeling isolated really in this, even in this experience of the pandemic. Uh, It's a very, it's a common fear to every human heart. It's universal and it's also completely unique to each one of us, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's real. And when a woman is in a crisis pregnancy, uh, it can be a terrifying experience when all those that you love and trusted aren't in a position to support you and be there for you. Um, And when we're afraid, uh, you and I know that fear can drive us to do things that we wouldn't typically do. Uh, So to be alone, to be alone is a real suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you and I know too that perfect love casts out all fear and that God says we're not alone. You know, he promises us these incredible, amazing truths that we in our faith get convicted with in suffering. Like, is this real? Are you really with me? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you really perfectly loving me in this? Um, And in our missions, you know, what we've seen is that a woman can feel very afraid, but she is not her fear. You know, Mm -hmm. she can can feel very anxious and worried, feel alone, uh, but she is not her loneliness. It's fear doesn't define us. It's love that defines us, that shows us who we are and what we're capable of. But when we're suffering, this is the toughest time to remember, right? It's, it's very good and well to say, God is with you. Um, you know, you're not alone. But if that's your lived experience, um, then sometimes we need someone else in our lives to step in at that moment and say, hey, you are not alone. I am with you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to remind you of the truth mm. of who you are and what you're capable of. Because right now you're carrying a lot and it's hard to see. Suffering can sometimes blind us to the real truths of life. Um, Mm -hmm. So walking with someone is really being with someone in their suffering so that they can remember uh, the truths and also discover the goodness in their own heart. That that is one of the, excuse me, the flip sides that we've seen in women that experience suffering or walk through difficult times in their life is that um, these times can also be the time when they discover the, discover the essential truths on a whole deeper level that they didn't even think was possible until yeah. it was challenged. Mm. Um, but we need each other, you know. Yeah. Um, we need someone else in our life that's going to walk with us, uh, not taking on our suffering, but with us to remind us of the goodness in our own hearts so that we mm. can move uh, through fear with courage. Because the fear may remain for a little while, but we can still move forward in courage, even though we're afraid, mm. because it doesn't define us. The fear wow. is not who we are. It's our capacity to love no matter what. 
That's so interesting. Like I, we've been talking Mm -hmm. about, um, on one of the other pod or one of the other sessions, we talked about like communal aspects of suffering, you know, like Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's necessary when you're in that space, when you're experiencing that isolation or you're experiencing that fear or whatever it is to have somebody else actually remind Mm -hmm. you like, of who you are or of, you know, like yes. that the Lord is with you or something or like all those yeah. kind of things, you know, cause it's so hard to actually remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know. I feel like that's, that's what I was thinking too. Just like absolutely um, people, people in my life who have suffered and um, you know, and it's like every, every person has strength within them, but when you're hit hard by something that's difficult, it's so easy for fear to kind of eclipse all of those things. Right. Um, yes, but, but being able to like have, having people who've like, myself having walked with people who are, um, you know, maybe sick or whatever. And we talked about this, like being hopeful for people who can't feel that hope or can't, you know, and being, um, reminding people of, of their goodness who don't feel that. And then myself also in stuff that I've gone through and, um, just different fears and stuff, being able to call someone up and say, Hey, I'm struggling today. Um, and sometimes these ladies will, will, will right. message in our group, like, Hey, I'm really anxious. I'm really fearful today. Um, can you pray for me? And sometimes just a little yes. word or a, a reminder, um, from, from these friends is like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like a little light that kind of reminds you of, Oh yeah. Okay. The, what I'm experiencing right now is not the totality of reality. Yeah. Um, so that's right. Yeah. Honestly, because it feels like sometimes when you're in those times of suffering that actually, actually, for some reason, it feels like that's going to last forever. Right. This yes. is my new reality for the rest of time and eternity. And like, it just feels so, un- you know, so having somebody just be like, no, you stubbed your toe. It's going to pass. Yeah. Mine eventually is so, yeah, is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we remember, like you remember who was there for you in that tough time. Like if you yeah. go back to any point in your life where it was like, gosh, that was just horrible. Pretty soon you can think of someone that was there or present, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone that you unexpected or didn't anticipate uh, and the disappointing experience of like, oh, people that weren't there for me. Um, but we always remember who was there, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes when we're in the midst of suffering, we don't realize they're there for us until afterwards. And we're like, wow, I needed that person. I needed them just to be with me, not necessarily to fix everything, to solve it, but a presence of like, hey, you're not alone. I'm with you. Uh, and some of us too have experiences where we're like, wow, there was actually nobody there. That mm-hmm. too is a real suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be an experience of an encounter of God's love. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a later point go back to those memories with Jesus and he shows us how he actually was there. Um, And sometimes that doesn't come till after, but it doesn't deny the truth that he was part of it, that he was in it, that he was, he was the suffering in it with us. I love, I love that you said that sister, because it is true sometimes, you know, um, and maybe some people listening to this right now, they're like, I would really love for somebody to come out of the woodwork and be with me in this. And there just isn't anyone, or I can't see them right now. If there is, you know, I can't, I don't experience the people in my life as accompanying me. Cause that's true. Sometimes people are trying to accompany us and and we just, it's just not reaching us for whatever reason, you know? Um, but I love those questions that you, that you said that come up in our hearts for people who believe in God. And I feel like people who maybe don't believe in God, if they've ever thought about God in times of suffering, it might be those kinds of questions. Like, are you really here? You know, are you actually loving me in this? And I think Mm -hmm. 
you know, that he obviously he we know that he answers those he answers those questions even right then and there. Um, but I feel like, yeah, that's those are the questions that come up. And then to reflect on yes. how he answered them maybe later um, or maybe even at the time if we're able can can really impact how we move forward with our lives because we can see how God was there for us or how he loved us. But it takes it takes um, a kind of openness even within suffering. I think even just a tiny little bit of openness to that possibility that he might be answering that prayer. Maybe mm-hmm. at later date, like you said, maybe we're not capable of that openness while we're going through it. Um, but to always go back and and reflect on that, I think is such a valuable point. Yeah. I think even like, even, even kind of remembering in the future, like, I think we get better at that as we kind of grow in that relationship with the Lord of like remembering his faithfulness in a previous time. And then when we're in that, and even if we're, we're in that suffering and it feels isolating and all of those things, like it can, it can get easier to remember that, okay, he was faithful in the past. I saw how he did things in the past, where he was with me in the past. So I have to like, in, in some way, like trust, make an act of trust. Yeah. Yeah, That, that it's actually, um, that he's actually here with me, you know, which is, uh, which is so difficult sometimes. I mean, because sometimes this, like the levels of suffering are not like, it's not always the same level. Like sometimes there's, you know, whatever mild suffering or mild, but sometimes it's like the deep things that really make you question absolutely everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 It's true. And suffering is, you know, I think sometimes we think, um, that yeah, trust is like for the tough times, but trust is like the journey of our relationship with Jesus. It's like constantly growing, constantly changing, uh, constantly, please God, deepening. But it's not, it's not a one-off thing of like, oh, I suffered that big moment. Now I got it set. I'm a trusting believer. It's like each one of us. And I can testify that too. Like trust is, it's the way we relate to God, you know, trusting mm. that what he says about us is true, even if we don't even feel it, even mm. if we're in the midst of suffering, of, of um, a chronic suffering, because suffering for some people is not just a phase. It's not just a year or two. For some people, they're called to suffer their entire lives long. And it's like, mm. what then? Okay, yeah. God, you know, um, help me believe that you are with me, even though my reality um, can cause me to doubt help me grow in trust. And we can have faith even when we're tempted to doubt. You know, it's it's making an act of trust and faith and belief that is deeper than our experience. And that is what opens up the heavens to God's grace to actually make it capable, make it possible to keep following him, to be faithful. Um, but yeah. that we can, you know, this is our, this is our capacity as believers. It's not just a matter of grinning and bearing. It's that I have the capacity to make an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm in the midst of a real storm right now, I can choose to believe that God willed me. He is willing me into existence, that he loves me, that my love is necessary, that my suffering has meaning. I mean, this is the stuff that makes heroism possible. Mm-hmm. Heroism in the ordinary, heroism in the little frustrations that all of us experience every day is constantly making an act of faith to believe what God says, not the circumstances that we believe in Jesus, Mm -hmm. not the changing around us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even in that, Mm -hmm. like, even when, even when we're not like to trust that he's loving us and that he's not abandoned us, even when we actually are not believing the promises, you know, like even when we can't make an act of faith, even when we can't like, yeah, because he, um, 
I, I don't know, like that, that was part of my experience last year, even like um, yes. on this deeper level of suffering was, was trusting somehow that even on the days when it, like when I just didn't even have the strength to, to actually like choose to believe or something like that, that somehow he still loved me even yes. when I could not like fathom hit that love, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was particularly... That God loves me because I am. That, mm-hmm. that, that, and to experience that in the depths, like what a, yeah, what a... Yeah. What, a, what an incredible and difficult experience. I'd like to have like, I have nothing, not even my act of faith. Mm-hmm. All I have is just like, I'm just existing right now. And yet God is like, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. I still love you. It was on those but days. But I still love you. Like yeah. on those Infinitely. Days, but it was like the, yeah. like having people who were accompanying me, that was, yes. that was, it was like those days where I cannot choose on my own yes. to make an act right. of faith in God's love for me, that other yes. people were doing it for me and mm. like telling me, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. Which is really beautiful that you get to participate in that with, with women all the time. But yeah. I wanted to actually yeah. even turn up the, like change the question a little bit and ask for you in community with the other sisters, like what does that look like even when you're accompanying each other in mm-hmm. your suffering or like what the Lord is doing in terms of like healing and pain in your lives and things like that. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that? Yeah. I mean, community is, it's like the lifeboat that we, you know, follow the Lord in. It's like we, you know, we're not, we're not invited to suffer alone and we're not invited to accompany people alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's both end. And, you know, our community life is like the family that I live from and I need my sister's uh, to uphold me, to encourage me, mm-hmm. and I need to be there for them. And that's kind of, it's yeah, it's the boat that holds us together so that we're in a position to be there for others. Um, so community life is, yeah, it's the breathing one body that makes the serving um, of other women possible. You know, I need to go to them after a call and talk about, you know, how I'm doing, how my heart's feeling, um, because we are like we're we're created for communion. That's the way, it's just the way the human heart's been created to give of ourselves entirely, but also to receive love, which is actually mm-hmm. the more important end. Um, and we can only serve and be there for people so long as we're receiving the nourishment that our hearts are in need of from the Lord. Yes. But our God is an incarnational God. Mm-hmm. We have human hearts that need other human hearts to be with us, mm-hmm. uh, to encourage us. Um, and this mission wouldn't be a mission unless there was a group of us that were that were serving here, um, and um, yeah, it's that's that's why we're sisters of life. We're not solitary individuals. We do everything together, and um, and nothing's alone. And we need to remember that every day. I need to remember that every day. That yes, I'm serving this woman, but it's I am part of the body here, and she's nourished by all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the community, this, this, and this is this goes for all of us. It's like when we when we walk with someone, we're really accompanying them on their journey with the Lord, and that's the communion that we're trying to restore with them as their relationship with with God and with Jesus and what He thinks of them, and to help them see that you know the Lord is holding their hand. But we need each other to to remind that to each other uh, mm-hmm. and to speak of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so. And That's it's also definitely. the joy of the life, you know, community, you need to laugh and smile, <laughs> you know, we need to be able to, you know, take an hour off and go for a walk together and, and talk about the good things and have friendship. This is all part of the human experience. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think um, it, it's such a relief when you said, you know, um, it's really the Lord, the Lord who we're pointing people back to. It's that, like, it's not yes. us. We're not the end. And then that's like, oh, I don't have to be everything that this person mm-hmm. needs because Jesus is everything this person needs. But I just have to point yes. them back to him, you know, and whatever way he has given me to do that. And that even your communion with the sisters, that itself is a sign that points us back to Jesus for anyone who's been around you guys, you know, just that the love that is him that you guys share with each other is clearly not just about each one of you, Mm -hmm. but about him really. And I think, yeah, that's just a relief because you don't have to try to be something that's literally impossible for any human to be, which is you know, God to someone else. You don't have to be God to anyone. <laughs> Can I ask yes, a question exactly. like specifically about that? Because, um, because I think maybe we might all have had the experience or if you've worked in ministry or something like that of, um, of someone who is in a deep suffering. And then when you respond in some way in love to that suffering, there's like a tendency to like cling to you, the, the person, right? Because the there's um, some mm-hmm. way that you're kind of mitigating that suffering for them. So how do you, how do you make the shift from, or like, how can you be in that fully, but also trying to help them make that shift to Jesus, you know, to like seeing um, ultimately mm-hmm. the, the, the source of the bomb <laughs> for their suffering in, in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. It's a daily thing that we need to remember every day because especially as women, it's like we want to we fix everybody's problems. We want to hug them and tell them that it's okay and that it's going to be over soon. And those things are true, but, uh, you know, the, the journey of healing um, and coming to know the laws is a journey. But I would say, gosh, yeah, how to, how to, how to do it together. Um, and one would be, you know, us as sisters, like we typically serve a woman with another sister. Mm. So we... We have conversations, whether it be a woman in a crisis pregnancy or a woman that's on her journey to healing or, um, yeah, even going outside and walking on the street. We always go in twos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just for a witness of more sisters, the more the merrier, but really it's for our own hearts first that I need to remind my sister and remind myself that I'm not alone and it's actually not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, we never do anything alone, actually, physically, because, you know, we can believe these things, but we have to make them real. It's like, okay, I'm not alone, but we need to show up for each other and, and show each other that we're there. Um, and then, gosh, another thing that comes to mind is, is when we walk with another person, just remembering, too, that, uh, you know, what, what this person is suffering is, is their crisis, is their cross, and we can walk with them um, and be with them, but we don't have to take on their crisis, you know, and this is a constant reminder that we have to remember as sisters too, is that I'm walking with them, um, being a sister, being uh, a friend, praying for them, but I'm not their counselor. You know, I'm not a, I'm the professional, uh, capabilities to do more than what I have to, what, what I can do. And that's a constant reminder. What am I for this person? I'm a friend. I can point to the Lord. Um, and that's what I can be and be it well, um, but I don't have to be any more than what I actually have to offer. And that is a relief that we can let go of and give the Lord. You know, I can be a sister and I can love you, um, you know, and you may need more help, more support, and I can direct you to them, but I don't have to take that on for myself. Um, and even their encounter with the Lord, it's the Lord's work. You know, our call is to be channels of grace, not the source of grace, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to point to God's love uh, and love with the very unique and personal way that 
that you have to love, like each of us, when we walk with someone, there is something unique about your love, you know, and the very fact that you care about someone, that you want to be there for someone, that you want to walk with them also is, is the reflection of God's personal love for them that, that God has entrusted to you to radiate his personal love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that, but ultimately he's the one that's going to convert people. He's the one that's going to let them experience his love. We can just usher. Our role is, a, is an ushering them to him. But at the same time, a great relief because it's at the end of the day, it's not up to us. We just have to be faithful. Yeah. Can I really I, love what you said, um, sorry, about, um, about that. We're channels of grace, but we're not the source of grace. Yes. Because mm. I think that that, um, you know, I'm thinking of, of folks who've who've talked to me about something they're going through and, you know, they're so grateful to have someone who will listen and whatever it is. And there can be a little bit of a almost pride that comes up of like, oh, I'm so helpful. And and then you get, and getting a little bit, um, uh, um, you, you kind of start to lose sight of like what you're saying, you're, what, what you're actual, like, what can I do and what can I not do? Who am I? Who am I not? Um, and you can start to lose sight of that. And then, and then you become not helpful, right? Because you're trying to, to do um, be more than you are. Um, and so I think that's just like a really mm-hmm. helpful thing of to remember, like, I'm not, I can't, solve this person's issues I can walk beside them and like yeah. you say like point them to things that maybe are like you know counseling and things like that that are really helpful um, yeah. which doesn't mean that I don't have to walk through them but knowing who am I who am I not I'm not the source of grace yes. for this person mm-hmm. but I can be a channel of yes. grace so I just think that's so um wise and yes. so important you know yeah, totally. And it gives us the freedom to completely like, well, I can love, like really yeah. love. Yeah. In, you know, Nicole, you have a way to love that no one else is going to love a person. You know, Rachel, you have a way of loving and communicating God's love that no one else has. Erin, you have a way and a word and a voice that's going to communicate God's love powerfully like no one else can. So we can be confident in the love that we have to give that away. You know, who am I? Um, you know, to keep asking Lord that and then, and then realizing it's like, I just have to be myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't have to figure everything out. I love that. I mean, I, you, I feel like you it's relieving. Out of it's my like, mouth. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I think that is actually the most exciting thing that sort of I've discovered in a few situations that were very un, like not anticipated, even my whole family, like where we ended up accompanying some, a few other people in really hard crosses. And it was like out of nowhere. And you're like, where, how do we even do this? And what can we do? And you you can't hold up the world. And I found for myself, like I would start to, which seems like the most basic thing, like take that situation to prayer very intentionally and bring that person to the Lord and be like, Hey Lord, this is your son. This is your daughter. Like how, what, you know, please help them. And then even just in that prayer, it would, it would free up my heart to just like, I've given them to the Lord and now I can just love them. Like I could just, and I found that when I saw those people, when God put us together, that I didn't feel pressure and I didn't feel like I was tasked with like job to do. I was just given a person to love in that Mm -hmm. moment. And it was so exciting. I like genuinely, like my heart like leapt when I saw them and I was like, Oh, here you are. And I didn't have to like fake it. You know what I mean? I genuinely, it was like, I could feel the love of God for that person in me. And I've, it's been a rare experience, but I have experienced and I was like, Oh wow. Like this is what can happen. Exactly. When you said sister, like when we give the people to the Lord and allow him to be Jesus, (laughs) him to be God Mm -hmm. for them, he gives us the freedom to just love them 
as us, like you yeah. were saying. So, which is exactly. so cool. Yes. And then, and then your love is more powerful because it's coming from an encounter with God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like our love is then mixed in with his and that, and then they encounter in us actually an encounter with Christ and, and without necessarily going inside a church yet, or even um, yeah. every other place that we want to eventually take them. It's like they're encountering perhaps the first gospel in your heart mm-hmm. that you are just being yourself and you're letting that love overflow. And, and that's for us too. It's like, Oh, as you said, it's a really precious, <laughs> like it's not up to me. And yet I'm a necessary part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, um, there's like yeah. a, even like a, I don't know if it's like an opposite thing, but, um, but sometimes I can feel it within myself when there's um, like someone who's experiencing pain and I'm the person that I know like the Lord is calling me to enter into it. But there's a struggle that goes on in my own heart sometimes of like, like, I don't, the, I don't know, the fear of entering into other people's messiness or the, you know, like it takes a lot of personal resources um, to be able to to be able to accompany people sometimes in that way, you know? So like, sometimes I feel that battle in myself of like either the unwillingness yeah. to, or the, you know, like the, the, like, do I have enough story? Do I whatever? So how I'm wondering how you, how you sisters experience that or how you um, navigate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love is risky. And when we offer ourselves, you know, it's like God, God shows us on the cross that at the, the pure act of love is, is self-sacrifice and it's, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, it's lovely to talk about helping someone and being there for them, but actually what does that look like? It means, you know, I'm going to offer them something um, and it might take sacrifice. It might uh, take sacrifice and I might also not be able to give them exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, but that's a, that's a struggle. That's a real difficulty. And we, we see it every day too. It's like, yes, we have the victory stories, but there are also stories that we don't know how they pan out. We don't know um, if they made a choice for life. We don't know if a woman's going to call us back. You know, so it's constantly standing this tension of like, okay, doing everything I can. And yet at the same time, as you were saying, Rachel, I think that's key is like, yes, doing everything I can, but at the same time, giving everything to Jesus, like literally. <laughs> and, it's, and it's usually when we struggle with that, that that actually becomes an even bolder and more powerful prayer. When we actually can say to the Lord, I don't know how to help this person, but you do, so step in. I don't know what to do next. Show me the way, or I have no faith right now. Give me your faith. Jesus, help me to trust. I have no idea, Jesus, how to help this person. Do something. <laughs> it's like that actually at our actually blesses our faith because then we're really living from the truth of who we are. That is children of a father who does the providing, the father that takes care of us. Um, and when we're helpless, we actually become like children. We become more and more ourselves. So it's not a phrase, it's not a place that we need to be afraid of. Yet at the same time, it demands everything from us. It demands us to be the children that we're called to be. Um, but just even practically, I would say just to highlight the. Uh, the gift that we that we have to make entrustments to God, you know, it's like, yes, to humanly be there for someone. And, you know, whether it's, you know, going into a conversation with someone and asking the whole words or being with someone and, and losing words and thinking, I have no idea what to say next. <laughs> then asking, you know, the blessed mother to step in or at the end of it, walking away and being like, wow, that went terribly not as I planned. God, I give it back to you. Like a constant, like back and forth. Sometimes you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Other times you're like, wow. How did that happen? And that's okay to just constantly give it back. So we're in this constant 
constant communication of giving God everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. And the only other thing I would say too, is just in terms of, you know, when something does overwhelming, you're like, wow, this is huge right now, or this person's going through so much. And that would be, um, to not be afraid to bring people into a supportive community. You know, us as Sisters of Life, we have um, a mission called Coworkers of Life. Um, and that is basically, you know, a group, a huge army of people that we have living in the world, professionals, um, lay people, mothers, fathers, uh, young people uh, of all different kind of walks and background. And basically we call upon them to help us in our mission as sisters to be there for these women and families that we serve because we recognize that as religious sisters, we're limited too. We can't do everything for them. And sometimes, you know, a woman needs to go and see a good doctor or she needs someone to take her to the grocery store or she needs a new parish community. Mm. Uh, And this is one of the most powerful ways we're able to help people in their suffering is connect them to a community, to friendships. Um, So to even if we experience walking with someone of like, wow, this is a lot, that could also be a time of like, okay, who else can I bring in here? Who else can... Um, mm-hmm. help me walk with them, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's personally me, I need to talk to someone after I had adaptation, or it's like they need more than just me. Mm-hmm. We can always reach out to a wider community to step in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Super that's helpful. Beautiful. That's such good practical uh, wisdom there, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I remember when my, uh, my mom was sick a few years ago and she's, she's better now and stuff, but um, you know, for a couple of years, I remember thinking like, wow, it's a really good thing that I have a big family because we all need each other to support her right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of hit me of like, okay, you know, so like whoever, whoever's coming to us uh, and needs someone. And like you're saying, for realizing, okay, this is a lot. I need to go talk to someone else after, or um, okay, who is the big family that I can draw this person into or point them towards? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Really. really great. Yeah, I found it was the same thing with my family last year when my sister had all kinds of um, complications um, with her pregnancy and birth of my youngest nephew. And I I was grateful so many times for like my dad drove across the city like eight times in one day to take people places. And then my mom was going and sitting in the emergency room at all hours of the night. And then I was, you know, helping with the kids and um, and my brother-in-law's parents were like dropping stuff. Like it was, um, yeah, it was it really does make you grateful for those, for those times, for sure. Um, for that, for that wider community, yeah. but maybe I'll ask sister if there's, before we move into kind of our God winks for the week, mm-hmm. if there's anything else that you would like to add about accompanying people in suffering. Mm. Gosh, yeah. I'd love to even just, I gosh, one uh, story was coming to mind even today as I was praying and thinking about walking with women. We have, um, we serve usually about over a thousand women in different crisis situations, especially in pregnancy um, throughout the year. And one of our missions in New York, uh, there's a convent uh, where women have an opportunity to come and stay and live with us to see through their pregnancy and for how long they have afterwards. And one of these women, she stayed with us through a pregnancy, very difficult situation. Uh, we helped her dream again uh, to realize her own goodness. And then she left and we didn't hear from her for a number of years. And then not too long ago, she uh, came in for a visit and brought her little um, child in to meet us. And she started to go through this list of accomplishments of the things that had happened. Amazingly, she like had begun study. She got her first job and was doing great. Uh, she just got her own apartment. It was like all these. And we were just like cheering every time, like, yay, yay. Like all these dreams that she had in a time of difficulty were coming um, 
coming about years afterwards. And then what was really striking was what she said at the end of it. She said, but you know what, sisters, it's really funny. She said, I think I'm just beginning to experience myself as the person you always believed me to be. Oh, And uh, it was so powerful to us to see that, wow, you know, us, our little experience of walking with someone at that point and helping to them to see their own goodness, what is possible, what will come afterwards, um, constantly pointing to the light, to the truth, um, that, you know, in her suffering and difficulty, it was so hard to see at that time. And it was difficult for her to receive it, um, mm. but she needed it. She needed friends that were like, hey, I'm with you. I'm in your corner. I got your back. Uh, you, can, you can feel what you're feeling. It's okay. It's real, but there's more. You know, there's something to look forward to. This is not the end of the story. And I promise you good things that have come. Mm, uh, and wow. they did. They came years later. And um, to be able for her to look back and see, you know, you believed in me at a time when I couldn't believe it. That's what I needed. Mm-hmm. And now I can believe it. Wow. And, yeah. That's so, so beautiful. So powerful. Wow, I love that. Oh, it's like, it's so, that's I so know. Cool. I love this story. I mean, here you go on retreats or whatever with the sisters of life or go visit New York or something like that. All people do it. Oh my gosh. The, yeah, there's like never yeah. ending stories of how the Come. Lord provides <laughs> yes. the women you serve, you know? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, I feel like we could talk about this topic forever and ever and yeah. ever. My heart is so full, <laughs> but I'm going to turn it over to, uh, let's talk about our God winks for the week. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you want to start Nicole? Sure. Well, it's funny. Um, so when we were thinking about accompaniment, I like, oh, this thing, I, I got reminded of something that happened actually a number of weeks ago. Um, I was just having a day where I was, I was feeling down and kind of anxious about things and just generally kind of not, just not feeling great. Um, and I was going for a walk to the store and on my walk, I, I, pa- I passed by this like United Church and as I was walking by, this girl who was a few steps ahead of me, she did the sign of the cross while she passed by the church. Um, and just in that moment, seeing that, I felt like it was like this reminder of the Lord being like, hey, like, I'm here. It's okay. I'm here, you know? And then I was like, who does that? You know? And so I actually chased this girl down. <laughs> and I, and I was awesome. like, hey, I'm sorry. And she like unplugged her hair headphones. And I was like, um, you just did the sign of the cross in front of that church. And then she looked really worried. And I was like, no, no. And, and I was like, I was having a hard day. And it just like, it meant a lot to me. Um, and so anyways, we ended up chatting and she was sharing about, you know, she's Ukrainian Catholic and new to Toronto. And this is just something she does at any church is just says a prayer. And, um, and we like added each other as Facebook friends. Wow, and it was just, like so cool. one of these really beautiful moments. And I, and it just like, it, I felt so much lighter after that, just this moment of, of not being alone, but by a random stranger, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, awesome. that's my God wink. <laughs> yeah. That's Good one. cool. How about you, Rachel? Um, yeah. I was trying to think what's my God. So I'm going to pick something that happened to me yesterday it was Friday. Yeah. Yesterday. So I misplaced my license recently, which is super annoying, especially during the pandemic. Cause you have to go into service Ontario to get it, like to get the new one. And I was like, Oh man. And yeah. I had tried earlier this week and it was like, there was a lineup, literally like a U like wrapped totally around the building outside it. And I was like, I can't wait. I don't need, it could be like four hours. I'm not going to do that. So then they told us you have to come at eight, you have to get a ticket. And I told you guys, I normally, my MO is 
sleep in. So I slept in <laughs> yesterday and I showed up at 8.13. I was like, that's not so bad. 13 minutes. probably. And the lineup was massive already. And I was like, oh crap. And I called my dad and he's like, why did you get there before eight? Like you planned. I was like, you know me, this is just, this is me. He goes, okay, try this other one. It's very close by. I go there. I'm like, oh, it's going to be the same story, but they open at 10. So guys, I got there at 8.30. I was first in line. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, this is perfect. And I had brought like readings for my coursework to do. I said a rosary. It was like such a productive like (laughs) hour and a half, like probably more productive than my usual hour and a half in the morning. So it was great. And yeah, and I, I don't know, and nobody came up to me and was like, you're praying the rosary, but that would have been really cool. <laughs> you never know what, who may, you know, know. not everyone chases people down when they see them praying. So more people should, no, I'm like, that's not, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How about you, sister? What's a God wink for you this last week? Well, you know, I definitely also had another surprising, must be the theme, uh, good moments in the morning, but I usually, my coffee kicks in about an hour or two after I actually consume it. But um, this week there was something that made me smile more than coffee. And that was, we've started to uh, cycle in uh, more often, which as you can imagine is quite a sight, sister on a bike. Yes. Well, yes. when there's four of us in a bike, it becomes a whole new experience. It's actually quite hazardous for traffic. But this week I tried it for the first time And I went second to last just because I wanted to make sure uh, that I wouldn't get lost and distracted by the traffic. So I'm following the sisters and it was fascinating. People's reactions kind of went in like four stages as they saw each of us. The first one was like complete shock. It was just like blank faces. People were just like confused, (laughs) just don't even know what's going on if they've woken up on the right side. Second person, they're kind of like questioning. You see the head turn and they're like, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? (laughs) Third person, beginning of a smile, a little smirk. And by the last time, people are like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. (laughs) By that point, I get to see that. I'm like laughing the whole way in. But it made me think too, like, wow, the power of a smile. Not only our sister smiling, but really seeing people smile. Yeah. We we need that tangible sense of hope. It's like, it's okay. Things will be well and I can smile today. Oh yeah. Can change someone's day. It did absolutely totally. totally. So good. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so mine for the week is um the other night I was laying in bed and I was um like trying to fall asleep and I was thinking about uh just all the change that's happening in my life at this time and like there's like a lot of big stuff happening. So um so I was kind of just like thinking about some of those details and just feeling like a bit overwhelmed by all the things that have to happen or like, um, yeah, just everything. And so I was laying there and then I turned over kind of on my back. And then the way that my hand landed, it was like the blanket <laughs> felt like a hand, like, but not creepy. <laughs> it making me be like, it felt like immediately, like, Jesus, like oh. I like my hand landed there, and immediately I I like just felt like um, his presence there, which was I don't know, it was just beautiful and very comforting, and I was like immediately thinking at the same time, this is beautiful and this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Oh, it's beautiful. Can I can I just say your story and sister's story? But mostly beautiful. Too. Yeah, mostly beautiful. Two really awesome things. Sister, yours remind me of the singing nun, like that really old movie. I think she rides her bike every. Do you guys know that movie? It's oh, like yeah. 
super oh my gosh I love that movie I'm like gonna I want to watch it now um so <laughs> remind me of that and then Erin you're sort of reminding me of cycling on yeah yeah if you start singing and cycling, <laughs> cycling right. singing well, wow that, yeah. I might scare people away from this <laughs> <laughs> And Aaron, you're so remind me, I can't remember which of my, I've had a lot of roommates in my life. And one of my old roommates, one time they fell asleep and with their hand on their chest like this, but their hand fell asleep oh. and they thought some, they woke up like, oh my gosh, they thought someone was literally choking them, but it was just their own hand and it just fallen asleep on them. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. So that's amazing. I was just thinking, um, that if there's folks who want to get in touch with the Sisters of Life, mm, yeah. um, yes. maybe to, for, for whatever reason, maybe to get involved or, or to seek support or for whatever, whatever reason, what's a good way to do that? And then we can post that in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. You are more than welcome to check out our website for sure. It's just Sisters of Life, www.sistersoflife.org. And we have a whole bunch of different things that you can read more stories of grace there. We've actually got our own podcast just happened last year. It's called Let Love. So you're welcome to hear more from the sisters on that. Uh, We have a YouTube channel. So we're doing regular podcasts uh, and videos, things there. So you can just watch the sisters pray with us live. Um, but also too, if, if you ever want to reach out to us directly, you're more than welcome. In Toronto, you can call us. Um, our number's on the website, but I can give it here too. It's 416-463-2722. So you're always welcome to call, especially if you're uh, in need of, a jingle. of wanting to help someone in a crisis pregnancy. Pardon me? Like a jingle. 416 yeah. What is it? We need a jingle. And we need to be riding bikes when we're doing the jingle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that would get people calling for sure. Amazing, <laughs> that would. Yes, we're here and uh, love to hear from anyone. Uh, I just, for sure. I just mm-hmm. want to plug, like you, sister, you mentioned, yes. or Aaron, you mentioned the retreats and stuff. I know it's pandemic situation now, but if yes. whenever, if ever in the future we go back to normal, I know. I think I know Aaron and I've been on retreat. I don't know Nicole if you've been on retreat with the sisters yet, but not yet. They, it, they're so beautiful. Oh my gosh. So if any young people, and there's like, there's men and women's retreats and women's only and things like that. So I, whenever the retreats come back, I just so highly recommend. And if you're in the GTA or yes. Toronto area, you know, eventually when everything comes back again, yeah, um, yeah just, just pay yeah. the sisters a visit. Absolutely. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Amen. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, sister, for joining us today. Thank you, sister. Grace. Yeah. So wonderful. Oh, I love it so much. And thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you. All good. Yes. See, now everybody's good. The sisters are praying for us. Exactly. All right, everybody. Until next time, um, thank you for coming today. And yeah, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.